Start the party, Dan. Oh no, you got upset online. Looks like you're having a real bad time. Should've just ignored what I said. But now I've got proof that you read it. That was Hello, good. friends, idiots, and friends who are also idiots. Welcome to your favorite podcast about social media and rejection. It is Block Party. This is episode number 123. And uh, I'm John. I'm Stefan. And Stefan, I was, you know, debating with you how I should do the start the party before the show. Yeah. And uh, you said to listen to my heart. And apparently my heart is a very soft Soft spoken. Yeah, no, that was nice. That was that's, you know, it's uh, I was going to say it's early. It's not early in the morning. It's it's 11 on uh, on a Sunday. But uh, we had a big day yesterday. Big day um, where I sort of uh, kicked your ass uh, up and down the street. Uh, on our on our Twitch stream, that's not really um, what it was about. You know, it was more about the, the about friends raising, we made along yeah, the way, sure, and sure. the money we raised for and charity, the money we yeah. raised for charity. Yeah, but yeah. I I did I did win the majority of of the games we played. Would you agree with that? I mean, the thing is, really, all I remember um, is that we raised about seven thousand dollars for charity. That's and, true. And um, you know, I think that's really the important thing. You know, as far as the scoreboards go, or who beat whom. Uh, you know, I don't think it's really, you know, it's neither here nor there. I don't particularly sure. remember, yeah. but, uh, I think you, you know, you, you definitely had a few good performances, you know, you chose all games that you were familiar with and have played a bunch before and which yeah. I haven't really aside from FIFA. Um, so I thought that was a bold strategy on your part. Uh, but you know, maybe next time we'll get to play Tony Hawk. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't really know what else I'm that good at where I would like be confident that I could beat you. Like I'm, I just play games that are not, that don't, you know, like I play I think like, like Stardew any, Valley any, like, and board stuff. game. Maybe you could kick my ass. Oh in, yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, yeah. we're, 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 we're delaying. We should bring yes. our guest in, uh, to chat with us about this. Uh, you may know her from the batting around baseball podcast or her Substack, the paper plate. Lauren L Walker is here. Hi, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Hey, hey how's it going? Uh, we're good. You know, yeah. we're obviously we're a bit at odds this morning, Lauren, as you can tell, we're a little bit testy from yesterday. Uh, it's really the first time Stefan and I have ever sort of competed directly against each other. Um, and so I think it's, you know, maybe it wasn't worth it. We'll, we'll look back and that'll be like in our behind the podcast on VH1. This, that will be the moment where the rift started to occur. Right. The headline is like the, 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 the fires of competition have been stoked and the screen turns gray and it just start like starts spiraling. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. And now it's just it'll be nonstop. I'll be constantly seeking revenge on Stefan for him beating me. I mean, I think what pissed you off the most was the GeoGuessr because that was very, very close at the end. Oh, my God. It just felt like you cheated, you know, because I wasn't looking at the stream. I didn't really know. It would just, you know, because here's my here's my whole thing. (laughs) Uh, You're not very smart. So it just seems strange to me that you were good at the game where that required some level of intelligence, you know? Uh, Now, I I will say you did have the guess where uh, the correct answer was Kentucky and you guessed Hawaii. So Mm. listen, (laughs) here's what I think this the historians will say. They'll see a man who was willing to take risks uh, versus (laughs) a man who, 
you know, is not. And I mean, let's you're burying the lead a little bit here. You got four points on that one and I got zero. So yeah, it's not I won like that round technically. <laughs> by four points. That doesn't make it that impressive. I was taking a risk. I knew you would never guess Hawaii. So I was trying to just cash in all of the points that I possibly could if I were correct. Yeah, so I, that's I true. Mean, there's plenty of sports, too, where four is like a pretty substantial lead. Okay, exactly. Lauren, this Thank is you. not. Wow. <laughs> wow, no, this this is is I don't know why every guest's natural instinct is to gang up on me instead of Stefan. I don't understand that. I feel like we've had a few guests in a row who have sided with you, though. So we're sort of back to back to basics here. Like who? When, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, like uh, Lance, uh, bo- both Lance's sided with you, I'm pretty sure. Right. So, mm, I mean, that was, I guess. That was two guests in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you it must you be know, you, with the name Lance. I'm only going to bring guests on named Lance. Yeah, you had your on. you had your moment in the sun, but but we're back to normal now. Lauren, and, have uh, you played GeoGuessr before? A couple times, never in any kind of organized fashion, and I'm I'm terrible at it because um to kind of take it to the other side and support you. I, I do think geography is less of a knowledge base and more of like a a natural gift that I just don't have. Hmm. Okay. So you're saying Stefan has a natural gift, and I don't. Right. Well, you, you were saying he wasn't particularly bright. Um, <laughs> and I'm just, I, I don't want to get on either of your bad side here. I'm the guest. I'm in your your house. And yeah. I don't want to, you know, take uh, make anyone feel str- strongly one way or the other. No, I mean, you can. I mean, you know, if you, you know, it's OK. Like, I'm used to it. I'm used to people just sort of liking Stefan more than me and that kind of thing, you know. So it's OK. It's sort of how the show runs. You know, it's like. Yeah, but then so I'll sort I'll, of delight I'll stay, in this. Like I, I haven't had the chance to say like a very stupid uh, opinion yet, and mm-hmm. so usually what happens is that people will side with me kind of off the hop, and then uh, you know I will say something very dumb about like food or yes. uh, daylight savings or something, and people will just like lose their mind at me. So I, I would say give it like ten minutes, and um, you know I'll say that like spaghetti is a dessert, and it'll just be like game over at that point. <laughs> That's I'm totally in the wheelhouse for that. It's like that's my exact brand on Twitter. So I 100 percent like I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm psyched. I can right. drop those anytime. Perfect. Well, that's actually I was going to say, because, Lauren, I know. Yeah, you have a sub stack about about food. You tweet about the food you make all the time. And it looks very good. Honestly, I'm not a great cook. So, you know, sometimes you'll post these things and I'm like, man. This looks so good. I need I need a Lauren to cook me some things. But it was like. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, what is your sort of food opinion that you think would piss people off the most? Because that's sort of what Stefan is known for. Just really, you know, people get really upset with him about it. I've I've got so many. Um, I think the one I'm I'm developing recently that it's like it's a theory I'm working on and I'm trying to build out with more examples is that every kind of every kind of meal, not every kind of food, not all food is a meal. Um, some single foods can be meals, but not all meals. But that's not my point. Um, Every kind of meal is either cheese and crackers or chips and salsa. Okay. Like every meal. Every it can meal be is classified like in, in one of those two. Cheese and crackers Precisely. or chips and salsa. Okay. So okay. like, like, it's like spaghetti and give... meatballs. Okay. So or spaghetti yes. and marinara sauce. That would be chips and salsa. That's I was going to say chips and salsa because you have like the tomato, which is sort of the, the salsa. Right. Okay. All so right. what about like, hmm. like a classic steak dinner, like a steak and a baked potato? Uh, that's going to be, well, a potato is a starch and a steak doesn't have any kind of dairy element. So I'm going to say that's also chips and salsa. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, not all salsas are, are tomato based. Right. Uh, there's not right. a lot of salsas with, with meat in it, but it's theoretically, I could see it happening. Right. So like right. fries and ketchup, that's chips and salsa, obviously. Precisely. Right? That's an easy yeah, one. I mean, that's I easy. What we get, a, what's a, like a cheese and cracker. So you think, so there needs to be some sort of dairy element for it to be cheese and crackers. 
Uh, not necessarily. Yeah, I think that's like the easiest one. I think when you get into like the more edge cases, like this is really just like I, I'm tired of like the sandwich uh, hot dogs, the sandwich level, and I'm trying to take it to the next level. Right. Sure. Still developing the theory of it, but um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's not flawless yet. I'm still kind of honing it in. There could be a third option. I was going to say, like, is there a third? Is there a third option? I almost wonder if there, we might have to have like, a third what, what, option. What would fruit salad be right? Ooh. Mm. That's a good one too because there's no grain element there. Yeah, yeah. I think the way I can I can cheat around that by saying it's not it's not a meal then, so it doesn't count. Oh, it's okay. just a food. <laughs> right. All right. Well, could you could okay, but could we say and maybe this would help the whole strategy? Is the third option just salad? Like it's either cheese and crackers, chips and oh. salsa, or salad, or a salad. Because then that sort of encompasses all of your vegetarian meals that maybe consist of mostly just because I think people would say like a salad is a meal. If you make a big enough salad, I think people would say, oh, yeah, that can that can be a meal. So maybe that's the like mystery third option that you need. I like it. I think there's something there. I think um, maybe I could say it's a certain kind of salad that has both a grain element as well as a a vegetable uh, just to keep it in kind of like that grain plus other thing. Uh, salad and breadsticks like all, all of perfect okay. absolutely everything <laughs> <All right. laughs> so everything is either cheese and crackers chips and salsa or salad Have and we, breadsticks. so what would be so would like so i was trying to think of what would be cheese and crackers and i guess like a bowl of cereal would be cheese and crackers that's cheese and crackers a burger is cheese and crackers for okay. another kind of easy right. one like a cheeseburger right okay that makes right. sense that makes sense um, okay what could be another uh what, what have i eaten so far today uh <laughs> <laughs> All I had was like vegan chicken nuggets, uh, which is not a meal. That's just a single thing. That's but if I eat yeah. ketchup, then it's chips and salsa. Right. That makes, right. Okay, that that makes, makes sense. sense. I, yeah. I had like a, I, I feel like, like a anything ha- with ketchup is Swiss. chips and salsa. Sorry, I had a ham and Swiss croissant. That's obviously cheese and crackers. That's like a very easy yes, cheese and crackers. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I'm having a smoothie right now. Oh, so. That's a salad. That's a salad. I think that's yeah, a salad. Sure. there's no breadsticks. There's no breadsticks, but that's okay. That's on me. I could have had it with a bagel yeah, yeah, or something like, like that. Do you have like, do like uh, chia seeds in there or something or like, uh, you mean, like well, some got... Tums or something? Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Tums are the breadsticks. No, it's got, well, it does have the, the Vega one powder in it. So I yeah, guess that's so technically the breadsticks. There you go. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's like a dry salad. I used to, I used to snack on Tums as like a, as like a candy. <laughs> When I went to my uh, grandparents' house as as a kid, they because they had like the fruit flavored tums, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. The chocolate ones, ha- the old, yeah. old old school. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would have like I would have like <laughs> twenty of them, and then I probably did something bad to my body, like at some point. But they were like it was it was a candy. Did they not have like other candy? Was that I the mean, whole thing? Like, they, oh, my grandparents never kept candy in the house, no, and I they, just like needed they something. They honestly, they did have like the classic like butterscotch, like the Werther's originals, right? They did, sure, like the classic sure. grandparent candy, and like you know chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, exactly. But but the tums were I don't know. There was something. It was like a forbidden candy to me. You know what I mean? Because it was a candy that had uh, like a lid that you had to like snap open, right? <laughs> Whereas the Werther's are in like a bag, and that's just I mean I, I I that's you know whatever. But this was like to me this was like the forbidden candy. And I don't know, maybe it, it, I feel like you could probably get sick from eating too many Tums. I didn't. Uh, I don't recall. But um, like how many would you eat in a in a sitting? Like 10, 10 to oh 15. My God. That's, that's a lot of Tums. I'm an yeah. experienced Tums user. And uh, but you were a kid, you know, you're a kid. You could digest anything. If you did it now, you, you could die. I, I think, think now oh, it, would be, it would be a disaster. I think, yeah, you're, you're right. Like as a kid, you can just I mean, we, I've talked about this before, too, but I used to sneak out and eat cat food. I would I would I would sneak out of my out of my bed as like a as like a seven year old or a six year old 
with my little sister and we would eat cat food. We would eat the, the little kibbles. Um, <laughs> we would, I feel yeah. like you haven't brought that up in a while because I feel like that's something that I should remember I feel like and I brought use that up against like you a, often. A year or a year and a half ago or something. <laughs> um, I, feel like that, I feel like that'd be like a great bookend for a life. Like at the very, like you're very, very young and like you're just like experimenting. Then like later in life, things go wrong. It's a tragedy. And yes. you're forced as an elderly person to eat cat food again. Exactly. Yeah. So like it, it was, it's kind of like a fun joke when I'm doing it as like a, as like a toddler, it's very cute. But then, yeah, if I was like 80 and it's like, what went wrong in this man's life? Okay. All right, I'm going to try not to eat cat food ever again in my life. Have you ever eaten any of Kiki's now that you have a cat? No, 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 no. I, I, well, I, I will say some of like the organic, like wet cat food we get her. I'm not. Okay. I haven't <laughs> thought about eating it. I'm not going I mean, to it eat it. It sounds like you have just by the I'm, way you started that sentence. I'm, I'm just saying some of it is like very fancy for, for a cat's food. <laughs> All right. And so in the back of my mind, yes, maybe there's a little flicker where I'm like, well, right. I mean, how bad could it be? You know, but I haven't, I just, I will make it clear. I have not eaten cat food, uh, in, uh, I guess like, you know, 27, 28 years or so. So there is definitely an industry out there. Like I see all the Instagram ads for the, when I, when I was, uh, had a cat, I was just like house sitting with, uh, I would get the Instagram ads for cat food because it, it encompasses my entire life and knows all of my, everything going on with me. Yeah. But they're clearly marketing to people. It's more aggressive than ever. Like the, the gourmet cat foods on Instagram, uh, are, are basically like three course meals that you feed your cat. Like oh. it's crazy. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. I, uh, I started watching, uh, there's this Japanese, uh, YouTuber, who makes like very fancy meals for his cat. Uh, and, and he'll, he'll basically, he'll do like sushi, but, but for cats. So with like, with like raw chicken and, you know, just like stuff you would have in cat food. But I mean, it looks incredible. It looks like sashimi. It looks delicious. And oh my God, you're one of those know. guys who sees the sashimi chicken nuggets. And you're like, I mean, I would, <laughs> I would I do think it. it. I, I would try it once. I think, <clears throat> I mean, I would try it once obviously, but it, I, Look, I think I, I will just say, Lauren, I agree. Cat food. I mean, what's the opposite of, you know, when things when, when you're like, oh, that's like fallen off. Like cat food has done the opposite of that. It's gotten on. Cat food is like <laughs> 2021, I think, is the year of humans looking at cat food and being like, well, maybe, you know, maybe I'll give it a chance. Well, this reminds me of the did you ever see the Dragon's Den pitch uh, in this realm? No. Oh my God. It is. Uh, it's actually crazy that we've never brought it up because we, we did a whole live show of Dragon's Den pitches and I'm surprised I didn't remember this one. So and for, for any of our listeners who still, so Dragon's Den is Canadian. Well, Shark, Shark Tank, Tank. Is, is Canadian Dragon or is American Dragon's Den, I should say. But. Yeah. And Canadian Dragon's Den is, is UK Dragon's Den. Yes. So we it started it in the UK. Then, we yeah. brought it over here. It was a Commonwealth deal. And then uh, Mark Burnett saw this and was like, well, I could do this in America with Mark Cuban. Um, and so, yeah so anyway this was this was a while ago before like gourmet pet food was like a thing really or it was like kind of getting going so this guy comes out he's wearing a chef like a chef's outfit he's got the hat and the whole the whole thing and then uh he's like yeah i've i've come up with this new like convenient food or whatever for you guys to try so he gives them all these little, they look kind of like microwave dinners or whatever. Okay. So all of the dragons eat them and they're like, oh, this doesn't taste that good. Like, are we supposed, like, was this supposed to be? And they're all very confused. And he's like, well, 
I have a surprise for you. You're not the target audience for this. And then like five dogs run into the studio. And then all of course, I mean, these are rich people, right? They're like rich people who care so much about their image that just got tricked into eating dog food, kind of. They are just fucking furious. Like in this guy's head, his strategy was like, they're going to taste it. They're going to be like, you know what? This tastes like pretty decent. It's pretty cool that they're making this for dogs. Instead, all they thought was, you fed us fucking dog food. I, I'm not yeah. giving you money, you I, piece of shit. I have to assume he he wasn't trying to make a successful pitch. I have to assume. No, he, he was. He totally okay, cause, was. Because my was assumption before, was that he, he his goal was to trick a bunch of billionaires and eating dog food. In which yeah. case, no, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, you're, for sure. I wish I could give this guy this much credit. But I remember, like, if I rewatch it, like, you'd see the guy. That's not what he was trying. His whole, th- like, he actually he, thought. Well, he, he was ahead of the market. It, he I mean, honestly. Good, right? Like, yeah. his whole idea was that they, they weren't going to think it was gross. They're going to be like, oh, this is really good. And then he'd do the dog food reveal. And yeah. they'd probably still be extremely pissed off, but less so if, if it tasted good to them but it tasted bad to them is what you're saying yeah like i think it's it sort of goes to what lauren was saying about the instagram ads and everything like this guy was ahead of ahead of his time like i mean this has got to be i mean it was probably seven or eight years ago like i mean he was ahead of the sort of gourmet like food you feed your dogs that a human could eat like i don't Mm -hmm. think i think in his mind i don't think that he thought the dragons would think it was good but i think it was sort of the whole like I'm feeding like food grade or human food grade food to dogs. And that's going to be like a pee. Like he was like, it's all organic. It's all, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, like hopefully that guy made millions and millions. Like hopefully he stuck with it and, and, and it made it happen. I totally think it's a viable business model. Um, just be on, on my own experience. Um, Cause I, like the organic food, human food fed to animals. I think is totally like a, I think you're right. He is ahead of his time. I had a boss once uh, who was super wealthy uh, and I was at his house one time because it was a weird, like, TV industry job, and we were shooting there. And his wife fed their uh, full-size poodle nothing. The poodle's whole diet was, like, organic $14 a pound bacon. <laughs> Just, like, big chunks. That's all the dog ate. The dog <laughs> ate better than, like, 90% of humanity. Oh, my God. So absolutely, like that's just that's just like mainstreaming. Like I'm sure every rich person has does that kind of weird thing with their dog. It totally tracks because it's the idea of like, you know, it's all you want to flex. Right. So it's like the idea of like I'm treating my dog better than a poor person would treat their dog, because obviously but dogs will eat dogs will eat horse shit off the ground and and like love (laughs) it. So that's the I mean, obviously, people have made this point before, but like. I, and, you know, it, you treat your dog right and everything. But what I'm saying is that the dog doesn't know the difference and doesn't no. care. The dog will eat literally the dog will eat its own shit. I mean, we, we our dogs growing up would eat horse shit and dog shit and cat shit all the time. And that was I think they preferred that to, to human food and they loved human. food. <laughs> so maybe that's maybe that's the next the next line of, of gourmet uh, dog food is just is just like canned shit. Right? Oh, like their own reprocessed, yeah, or like other other animals, other maybe like other uh, parts of nature. You maybe yeah. like make like a slurry and, and develop like um, certain flavor profiles, like organic coffee. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, well, because I like, mean, there's the coffee that that uh, you know the coffee bean goes. Th- there's the cat uh, mm-hmm. shit coffee, mm-hmm. right? So there's already some there's there's some precedent for this for for humans. Yeah. So I think this is probably environmentally friendly as well. Um, I would say probably the issue would be the packaging and, and maybe the smell. 
Um, like I, I <laughs> yeah, guess I mean, people you would already have to... think dog and cat food smells bad. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm it's a very we are already over. Yeah. 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 Like I, I guess it would have to be the turds would have to be dry and probably like vacuum sealed or something. And presumably it's not going to be like if it's in like a bag or whatever. It's not going to be a see-through bag. You don't want to be in the in the pet food aisle and you just see a bag of of dried dog turds hanging no, up there. But right. I, I think this is. I think we're onto something here. We never. The humans never see the dog turds. It all comes out of like a, a box you get. That's just like a white perfect box that dispenses at regular intervals, and you just okay. put in the pods. Oh, yeah. You just put in the pot. Sharks, dragons. Here's my pitch. Okay. <laughs> and it, it's all. It's totally contactless. The dog can. It, it, it's all on timers. And so long as you're, you're, it's a subscription thing, the money just disappears out of your account. You never know. All you have to wow. do is like move it from the mail to the box. Okay, That's this good. is third like wave. That. This is third wave dog food. I like this. Yeah, can you Smart. teach the dog to crap into the top of the dispenser? And <laughs> oh, and like, like a perpetual motion. That's the back. new. Well, because yeah. they always get mad on Shark Tank, they'll say like, "Oh, this is just one product. This isn't a business. You only have one skew." You know, so that's how, that's your answer to that question. Like, well, we're actually working on a proprietary technology right now where we would take the dog's own shit, put it into the top of the machine, and it becomes processed into like a food. And that's, that's like that's like probiotic. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I and think then, like. Sorry. Go ahead, Lauren. Well, from there we build out the social element, make it into a platform <laughs> people can share photos of their uh, dog eating turds with each other. Yeah. Because everything has to be an app. That's, that's well, how we, we could, incorporate. We could gamify it too, maybe, you know? Uh-huh, um, absolutely. The, the more turds the dog eats, I guess the more points the dog would get, potentially. Yeah. So, Crap points? Yeah. Okay. Oh, there we maybe go. Maybe there's like an NFT, you know, uh, angle to this, yes. potentially. Easily. Uh, each, each turd has a unique uh, token on, on the blockchain. I think we're onto something here. I, I do. So while we're talking about dog shit, have I brought this up on the show before, John? Uh, the time our, our growing up, our dog loved to eat dryer lint. Uh, and so she would eat just like dryer lint just piles of dryer lint and she but would like crap. you would give it to her how no, does a no, dog no. manage she to would, get she would dryer go, lint she, she would go into like because like the mud room and like the laundry room like where you know when we get back from the walk we'd the dog would cleaned off in there and the laundry room right. was in there and there would be like lint you know on the floor or whatever from the and so she would eat the lint uh i think what it was is there was a little like basket where we would when we take the lint out of the out of the dryer and just put it in this basket and occasionally the dog would get in there but there was one time i remember she ate like an entire bag or basket <laughs> oh of, of lint and then proceeded to crap out later that day a turd made entirely out of lint but shaped like a turd and like the texture was like turd like but if you went to like when we went to like pick it up with the scooper it just like broke apart like lint but it was just lint it was just a dog turd made out of lint it was incredible <laughs> and that's my pitch to the to shark tank <laughs> i mean i've I like had it. turds made yeah. out of lint before but that was only after a chocolate binge so i mean <laughs> look i i just it was just something that has it has stuck with me uh ever since i saw it it was it was incredible it was just it was just a dog it was a big dog turd but it was made out of lint i mean it's just it's i don't want to say it's beautiful but I think well, there's, there's something, something oddly, yeah. you know, inspiring it's, 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 about it. It, it inspires, inspiring. like, what well, makes you think about the pass, passing of time as it, like, yeah. falls apart, it's, it's decaying, it feels in front of you. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. It's very poetic. Yeah. yeah. I feel like your ability to 
to storytell, Lauren, is a, is very advantageous for this podcast because <laughs> Stefan is saying truly some of the dumbest shit that I've ever heard in 123 episodes. And you're like, but this is really just sort of a framing of life, isn't it? It's really sort of when you're a child and you grow up to be an old man. And yeah, like, Lauren, I think we need to have you on for every episode. Yeah, you can just be in the background, like, you know, just as soon as I say Stephen's, something very stupid, yeah, you, you, you come on and sort and of like turn it into it. it. Yeah. I do like I turn it into like the Don Draper pitch. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we need it. I mean, we definitely need that because sometimes Stefan says stuff so stupid that it makes me want to like not do the show. So it would yeah. be good to just sort of keep everything on track and, and rolling. So that's beneficial. I don't know. Like, I truly don't even know how this conversation got started. Like, I was also <laughs> thinking that to myself. I'm like, so we're talking about inventing a machine where the dog ch- shits into the top of it and then it comes out as food. So, and I'm I, like, where did we? It started <laughs> out with me here? eating eating tums at my grandparents. Oh, that's right. That's, I think that's actually how it started. <laughs> that's the start and then the end. Yeah, that, I needed to see that whole timeline of how it evolved. Oh my god. Because my I think we put out a whole business model. This is like sixty million dollar valuation at, at minimum. Wait, so I our agree. dog tur- our dog turns a salad or a or cheese and crackers or it's not a meal because it's uh it's because it's just the one thing right yeah when we get into the blends i guess then it could be a salad i think if you had if you had one dog turd that was just normal turd material and one that was lint then maybe that's a that's cheese and crackers (laughs) that's cheese and crackers absolutely yeah okay (laughs) oh my god how did that make it how do we make it worse i thought we were done and then we made it worse somehow we just put one more so i was like i gotta float one more bad yeah. idea out there and it's gonna be the worst one we've had so far well only one of them floats i think it's the lint one but oh yeah. my god <laughs> jesus christ i well, it was I, like i was just thinking about like my grandma always had like a candy bin like that was her whole thing she'd go to like bulk barn buy all these like candies we liked and it became like a like a sort of thing at our cottage where like other kids who lived around our cottage would like ride their bikes up to our my grandma's house and she would bring out the candy box for the kids and stuff so that you thinking of your like your grandma feeding you tums made me sad for you because i was just thinking about how my grandma was the opposite i guess tums really are just sweet tarts for adults i guess essentially right they're making them more like candy every year i i I have like bad heartburn i i I eat a fair i used to eat a fair amount of tums now i'm on uh uh proton pump inhibitor that fixes it but uh they like make like hard candy now once now as well as gummies like oh, there's yeah. a whole range of different tums gummy tums for... yeah yeah absolutely oh little chewables God. they're great tummies oh, wow wow i would Tummy be bears. i mean i would be all over that oh my god <laughs> I, I maybe i'll get back into tums you know i think it would probably help given just like my my diet and like demeanor and lifestyle and everything so although i feel like i i have been eating a little bit better recently i've been uh I've been well, hydrating. All you do is eat smoothies now. Yeah, that's I, your that's, whole thing. You're like, well, I eat good now because I have two smoothies a day. Yeah, but that's good though, right? So I'll, I'll tell you what I had in my most recent recent smoothie. It was uh, frozen blueberries, a frozen like tropical fruit blend, um, which I think was like mango, uh, pineapple. There was like a melon in there, maybe another type of berry, uh, and then a bunch of vanilla almond milk, some almond butter. Some chia seeds, a, a whole banana, uh, some the, the hemp uh, bullshit, whatever that is. Hemp seeds, is that what they're called? Hemp hearts. Uh, hemp hearts, yeah. And, I mean, <clears throat> let me tell you, it's, it's a game changer. You basically don't have to put effort into anything else if you, if you have those two smoothies a day. It's, it's great. And that's what John has taught me. Right, John? 
I have a smoothie every day for breakfast. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean... I don't know if I'm healthy or not, but I'm trying my best out here. Um, and yeah, I just, part of it for me was like, I don't, I'm not celiac. I don't even think I have like a gluten intolerance, but certainly if the first thing I put in my body in the morning is gluten based, um, I just don't feel it. Yeah. I just don't feel Mm -hmm. very good, you know? And it's not even like, yeah, it's not like I'm, you know, feel, I just don't feel great, you know? And I used that used to be my whole thing. I mean, God, being young was sick. You know, you could just have, I just have a bagel. I used to every single morning go to Tim Hortons and I would get a bagel, a donut and an ice cap. That is that fucking was my insane. Breakfast. That, that is was my insane. breakfast. I, I had ice an ice caps cap. are like 750 yeah, calories. I, I had an ice cap, I guess like last year. I was just like, eh, you know what? I haven't had one of these in like, in like five years. Let's, let's oh. give it a try. And yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like I was just done for the day. Like it oh. just, it just fucking destroyed me. I can, and even I, I recently had, uh, cause I used to be all about like the, the big, like ice latte from like Starbucks. Right. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I had one of those for the first time since the pandemic started, I had one of those, uh, last weekend and it just like put me on my ass. I just can't do yeah. that anymore. It sucks. Yeah. I, I had an experience brutal. recently with a candy. Sorry to interrupt. I no, had an experience no. with a candy bar. It's like a Stickers bar, and I, I ate like half of it, and I had like lay down for an hour. Yeah, Maybe it's we're all weird, just like very sick. Well, that's I think it it's like, you know, I, the way I think it like I still I consume a lot of sugar like that's I've sure. always had a sweet tooth. I'm a big like I have dessert every night, like after dinner. Like I'm not, you know, I'm a bit Becca and I go through ice cream like it's nothing. You're like a treat it's, boy. Yeah, I'm a treat boy. That's my thing. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. I have treats. That's it. So, you know, for me, I'm very familiar with sugar and having lots of it. And like an ice cap is like just a different. It's like, you know how they say that drugs or alcohol can like affect you even more if you put it in your ass. That's what it feels like having an ice cap. It feels like just dumping sugar in your ass. I'm imagining because yeah. it's like your whole body just is you like start shaking, yeah. fucking vibrate. And like, what's, the, what's I, the American equivalent? I guess there's like uh, like a like Dunkin', Dunkin Donuts, Donuts like a f- yeah, like a big gigantic Dunkin' Donuts thing or like a Frappuccino. Like yeah. right. that's yeah. like 1,300 calories. And like the, in the Trente whatever, that's like this fucking big, oh like God. twenty like 28 ounces of oh. uh, smoothie uh, sugar. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I, I found out late. Like, I mean, you know, this was back. I'm, I'm about, I'm just under six one and I probably at the time weighed 165 pounds. So I just never, you know, I could just eat and drink anything and it never affected how I looked or weighed or anything. And I don't, so I just don't think I ever thought about it. And then as I got older, it was like, Oh, like the ice caps I was having had like 53 grams of sugar. They were like 750 (laughs) calories. And I just like woke up and had that. That was just like, yep. I just wake up. I stop doing it. Right. Felt awesome. But then also probably like you could, you could stop doing it for a day or two and be totally fine back then as well. Right. Like just nothing yes. affected you right oh and, na- for sure. and now it's like so at the start of the pandemic like i would i would get you know when, when i was going into work b- right before the pandemic i would get a, a huge iced coffee like every single day like i said so then like the first like couple weeks of the pandemic just like not having that it was like really noticeable like i guess how like much awful shit i had been putting into my body because now i'm just like just a normal i'll just make coffee in the morning with just like one little scoop of sugar uh, a little bit of cream and like that's more than enough for me but john you're not really a coffee guy at all are you no coffee sucks which is yeah. also Ooh. weird that i even like mm. ice caps i just uh i well, you like for, it for the the sugar obviously yeah one right? i would yeah. also get a french vanilla shot in it so oh it was like <laughs> so you just be i mean that's what i'm saying i, I like 
And I would always get the medium. I think if I had a medium ice cap right now, like you said, I'd be in bed the rest of the day. I wouldn't be the, you know, you just can't consume that as a regular person. But yeah, yeah, no, coffee is not, uh, it's not gotta, for me. Pardon me. God, I disagree. I'm, I am, I have a super pretentious coffee routine. It's like a big part of my morning. I have my little gooseneck kettle. It's an electric kettle. I control down to the exact temperature, 198 wow. degrees. I have my little scale, my little digital scale with a timer on it made for coffee. Uh, two and a half minutes, 600 grams into my little uh, insulated carafe that I have with a, a dripper. And wow. um, 60 grams, co- uh, 600 grams water, 35 grams of coffee. Uh, works out about two cups, and I've been doing 50 grams of oat milk lately. Wow. Uh, okay. I, I look for local roasters. I try to like source good, like honey processed, single origin beans. Uh, I'm I'm super. It's it's incredibly obnoxious and expensive for something that <laughs> is literally free at work. Uh, but when the but you got to do it. You got to have your own. You're like I can't. I, yeah. I, I can't do it, and I, I'm actually going to get little uh, disposable uh, individual like tea bags that I can fill with my ground coffee to take those into the office. Uh, and just mm. use like hot water there so I can so I can not drink the perfectly fine, delicious, <laughs> uh, uh, like Keurig machine coffee that's available there uh, as much as I want. I need to step my coffee game up. I have I have like a French press, which which I enjoy. And I got like a like one of like a burr grinder thing, whatever. Okay, and yeah. and I, I think, you know, that's that's like enough for me. I, I mean, part of it is just like it's tough having a morning routine um, because, you know, obviously the whole cliche is like, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. But like the, <laughs> the more complicated the coffee routine is like I need coffee to do to do all that complicated stuff. But I do want to step it up a bit. So mm-hmm. so what would you recommend like from, from from moving on from from French press and like the and like the burr grinder? Is there is there like a, a next step to that? Well, what what kind of burr grinder? What's your what brand? Uh, shit. I just got it. The is it like day. a Cuisinart or maybe like a. Well, how should you spend on it? That's really the question. Uh, let me let me just look because I, I I feel like it's I looked up like good burr grinder to get. Uh-huh. So it's probably <laughs> like a I don't even know what you guys are talking like about right level, now. Like, okay, let me let me see here. It was okay because I think it was it's a Krups precision grinder K R U P S Krups. I think I'm familiar with that one. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is a is a good a good grinder. Brand? Oh yeah, I've seen that one. That's recommended by a lot of people. That's like uh, comparable with like the Bratza Encore, like the entry level coffee grinder most people recommend. Okay. Um, it's it. Jokes aside, it is kind of like a diminishing returns thing. Like uh, yeah. grinding grinding your own beans instantly is like the single biggest thing. Uh, not storing it in something that's going to cool off or burn is the next big French press kind of avoids that to begin with. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I wouldn't like. I you don't really need to control temperature. You wasted your exact- money, Stefan. Is what Lauren is saying. You wasted your money. <laughs> you fucked Not up. In- you bought the wrong thing. You're an idiot. Your no, but I got the sucks. I got the precision grinder that lets mm-hmm. you. You know, I want like two cups worth of of ground coffee here, and then it'll grind like that amount. You know, mm-hmm. which which I like. Um, and French press is super flexible too, with like the the coarseness, which is perfect. Yeah. Probably the best thing you could do is get just a, a, an electric kettle, not necessarily gooseneck, because you're not doing like pour over. But that'll right. also like increase the speed. It gets up to speed way quicker than like heating in the uh, a regular kettle will. Okay. Okay. So and maybe that's the next step. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I am. I mean, I'm running out of counter space for real. Like, I, I I've <laughs> yep. been looking into air fryers as well, it. and uh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, I don't we got I, one. I don't know that's going to happen. We just we do not have the space for it right now, and it would just end up. What would happen is it would just go into the pantry, and we would just never. We would use it like once. So I don't know. I can't. But so maybe maybe the electric kettle is is the next step. Thank you, Lauren. 
That's a good Appreciate one. Although that. I, I yeah. do have a lot of peanut butter air fryers as well. Okay. So <laughs> well, if, if, maybe that's for speaking episode, of the next step, <laughs> let's move on to our social media <laughs> updates. <laughs> What a good segue. Boy, was it smooth. Stefan and John are going to bring you the news. Prepare for a feast of rarefied takes. Terrible tweets from verified greats. They'll bring their personal feed to you with an update on their social, social, social media. <laughs> All right, uh, Lauren, we always like to start with the guest. What's going on in your social media? Oh, well, I, I, I love uh, most of the big like social media things going on right now. I, I love the big boat. I love the strip shell cereal. Um, but like a smaller thing that I really enjoy because it kind of hits on my own personal weird um, interests uh, was uh, the, this little fiasco with a, a doctor uh, who was really mad that Krispy Kreme was giving away free donuts to people <laughs> who were vaccinated. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I just I, ha- I have this really passionate love for very smart people who are very well educated in one specific field. Uh, saying and doing really stupid things because they're just like not actually as brilliant. Like, uh, and, and doctors are, are basically like um, uh, plumbers in that regard. Like, they, they think of themselves as, ge- as, as geniuses in every field. Um, so, preamble this started with a tweet from Dr. Leanna Wen, MD. Uh, hey, Krispy Kreme, I love that you want to thank people for getting the COVID 19 vaccine. Uh, every incentive helps, and free donuts may, may move the needle. However, donuts are a treat that's not good for health if eaten every day. Uh, she seems to be under the impression that the offer was to that you could go every single day to Krispy Kreme and get your free donut, uh, and and they would never recognize you or stop you and say no, you've already had yours, and then this promotion would run forever. Um, and she wasn't super interesting. She seems like a fairly nice person who's just kind of a, a dimwit in this particular area. But in her replies came Doctor Murphy Weight Loss. That's their last name. That's the Twitter handle. <laughs> okay. Real, his real name comes into it, though. Um, he tweeted this info, infographic uh, about like what self-reported weight gain over the pandemic, and his bio included that he like does like bariatric stuff sometimes. Um, he tweeted, "Yes, they eat a donut daily, and it appears the millennials did during this lockdown. Forty-one pounds gained on average." That cannot be true <laughs> it cannot be true. he's misunderstanding the statistics the, the chart sure. he posted is it, it, it indicates that it's like self-reported people like who did gain weight when they didn't want to a right. certain subset of them did say they gained 41 pounds he's taking that to mean every single millennial who gained weight gained 41 pounds <laughs> right okay <laughs> so, so I, I i'm kind of a mean-spirited person i quote tweeted him to make fun of him uh, and I mentioned like he the weight loss surgery thing that's in his bio and like it's kind of like if this is your job it's kind of like your incentive to to uh, push these kinds of this kind of thing that everybody's like way fatter than they are um, he replied I don't make money off weight loss surgery hashtag pwned hashtag millennials uh, and included a, a a gif of a white woman crying I think I'm the Doc- white woman who's Do- crying this is Dr. Murphy weight loss saying- this is Dr. Murphy weight loss yes okay just she said pwned hashtag pwned hashtag pwned hashtag millennials <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be a doctor spending my time online tweeting hashtag pwned oh, at people. It's wonderful. Fuck. And uh, I didn't find this, um, but he said I don't make money off weight loss surgery. Uh, someone in the replies, uh, I got to credit Mike L- L- Lanahan. Uh, how exactly do you make money, Stephen? With a link to the New York Times article uh, headline the, from a few months earlier. These towns trusted a doctor to set up COVID testing. Sample patient fee? $1,944. Oh my, this was Dr. Murphy weight loss. This is Dr. Murphy, this was verifiably Dr. Murphy weight loss. He defended it in the comments. Oh um, my God. 
<laughs> and and the, the, the broad picture, he was basically doing three things. The, the counties that he was in uh, had trusted him to set up COVID testing clinics. And what he was doing was he was doing the COVID testing, which is supposed to be free for everybody. Uh, it all gets billed to insurance and you there was going to pay back the insurers. Uh, but he was doing what he was calling super COVID tests, which was like two dozen tests, uh, all of which are billable. Uh, not necessarily to individuals, but to their insurance companies. Uh, and I don't really particularly care about insurance companies getting ripped off. A lot of doctors do this kind of thing all the time in the U.S. But he's also extorting Medicare patients. And then when people would call in, wondering weeks later where their medical tests were, he would then bill them for that call of like several hundred dollars. Oh so they had God. to actually like take away the contracts to do this from him because he was being such a crook about it. Holy shit. Oh I, I think the uh, Dr. Murphy estimates from the, this from the article estimates he has tested at least 60,000 people, patients for coronavirus. He defends no. his billing methods and says he has brought an important service to the communities he serves. Oh, oh my God. <sighs> wow. I mean, obviously, if you're the type of doctor who's doing, you know, the types of things he's doing, of course, you're going to find a grift in out of COVID, right? I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. But that is just, that's so... <laughs> I, I, so I like, did he ever respond to that? Like once the article was brought up and like, hey, you're a, you know, you're just a shyster piece of shit. He absolutely did. Uh, he said, and I, I don't remember the exact quote for this one. Um, uh, I've been on the front lines during this pandemic. Uh, what have you been doing? Uh, ah. to, which, to which I think a great response is uh, not defrauding Medicare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> oh, man, I love that he's trying to paint himself as like a brave guy. I'm actually the brave one in this situation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. He, he takes himself, He takes it very seriously. He is convinced that he was doing the right thing. Because obviously, if you don't have coronavirus, you could have one of these two dozen other respiratory issues. And it's irresponsible not to charge thousands and thousands of dollars for True. these services. True. Uh, oh, but what I, what I really admire about it was um, uh, after like a, everybody kind of piled on uh, after the first couple of defenses, he just totally moved on and started ignoring it, which is the absolute right thing to do. 100% yes. of the time, just just blank it out of your brain. That's how to respond when you actually get called on your shit on, on Twitter. Yeah. Like within a few I'm hours, he's actually. That. No, me neither. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I, I respond to every single, every single uh, slight poke. But within yeah. hours, he was like just back to promoting his YouTube channel. Yeah, that's okay. smart. I mean, that honestly is, I'm surprised. It doesn't strike me as the type of person to know that you should, you just ignore and you just keep moving like that, that he doesn't seem like the type of guy who understands that. So that's surprising. Yeah. A little bit more self-aware than a lot of the, the, a lot of those types are. It's it's like pure lizard brain. I totally respect that about it. Yeah. Oh my God. That's incredible. We can learn, (laughs) we can all learn a lesson from Dr. Murphy weight loss and how to make money and how to move on. Stefan, what's going on on your social media? Well, Listen, uh, I brought, uh, this is, this is a friend of the the pod that I've brought up many times before and it was, uh, his birthday recently and I, I just wanted to wish him a happy birthday and that's bone bone. The cat, mm. uh, is, is 10 years old, uh, this week, <laughs> adorable, um, Honestly, has has it like it really like looking at bone bone pictures really does help with my mental health, like like legitimately. Uh, I mean, obviously, people who listen to this know I have uh, something of uh, of an obsession with Instagram cats. If I had to pick just one Instagram cat, obviously uh, my cat Kiki excluded, uh, it would have to be bone bone. Um, Just a very pleasant animal to look at. Uh, And and a lot of times my social media updates and I would say the majority of the time, it's something weird or bad or negative. Um, and so I wanted to change things up a little bit. 
And I did, I did just want to wish uh, our friend Bone Bone a very happy birthday. And I also uh, wanted to bring up uh, one particular picture of him, uh, which I believe was posted earlier in the pandemic. Uh, and I keep going back to uh, it's whenever I'm bummed out, I honestly go look at this picture and it completely changes my mood. And it's a picture of Bone Bone uh, at a McDonald's. Uh, sitting in in the chair at the table at a McDonald's, just surrounded by a shit ton of McDonald's fast food. Now I'll send I'll send uh, <laughs> the picture uh, here in just a second. Um, but it honestly, if if you can look at this picture and and not smile, I I don't know what to tell you because it is. Uh, I mean, it's just it's beautiful. It's 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 the best thing I've ever seen. Here's here's the picture. Uh, now, now look at that and tell me that's just not. So pleasant. And also, I do want to say he's in uh, Thailand, I believe. Um, they have something called the Samurai Pork Burger. Yeah, at I'm looking at that. There. That was the first thing that caught so my I'm, eye. I'm I sort of intrigued really... by that as well. And also the, the chicken that they've got there looks yeah. really good, too. Kind of like so. chicken strips That's not here. a traditional. That, that's an unusual shape for a chicken strip. Yeah, it looks almost like a like a, a, a flat, like a double. Yeah. Double wing flat. I, I think it might be. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot going on in this picture, obviously. I, I am very intrigued by the Samurai Pork Burger. Um, I'm super I'm super intrigued by the Samurai Pork Burger. But I'm just, I just love Bone Bone. I love his little spiky yellow backpack. Uh, I love him sitting here with, with all this McDonald's. Um, I'm actually going to look up the Samurai Pork Burger right now. I'm looking it up right now. It is a pork patty that comes with teriyaki sauce, lettuce, tomato, onions, and mayo. Um, wow. Okay. I mean, so that's not totally good. unlike like a McRib. It's like a similar. The sauce would be a little different, little little different kind of a tang to it. But yeah, uh, okay. there okay. was there was a, a meatball uh, burger in I China. Think. Yeah, yeah, and and that that came about. I think I saw Bill Oakley posting about that this week. Um, the the massive meatball burger. It's called the Big Meatball Burger, and it it looks sort of like a Big Mac, but with just a bunch of meatballs instead. I mean, it's incredible. I North American McDonald's are are bullshit. We never get any of the good stuff here. It's uh, Ooh, it, okay. It I'm looking up off. some some other McDonald's menu items from around the world here. I mean, they sound great. First one, the Maharaja Mac from India. Okay. Uh, it's a Big Mac, but the two all beef patties are replaced with chicken uh, okay. in order to cater to Indians who consider cows sacred. Um, okay. So that sounds I could awesome. see that working a, a chicken Big Mac. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, that's I would I'm like intrigued. it. Yeah. I'd be in that. That yeah. would make the Big Mac better to me. Uh, it says you can also it, it, you can get it with a fries and a Coke, but they also offer sides like the vegetable pizza McPuff. So I don't know what that is, but it sounds mm. great. Is All it right. like a we samosa? Have, Fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, maybe, I would assume yeah. it's like a samosa type thing. Yeah. And then uh, in the Middle East, they have the Micarabia pita, uh, oh. which is chicken or beef patties, onions and traditional tahini sauce on a pita bread sandwich. Wow. So that sounds that sounds pretty good. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, there's the pork burger they've got on here. I mean, this is also great. In France, you can get the Mick baguette. Uh, which is a, a sandwich on a baguette with uh, breaded chicken, ham and cheese, or hamburger, and it's topped with two hash browns. Oh, Ooh. my God. That sounds incredible. Nice that sounds delightful. Uh, you can also apparently get macarons and crepes at McDonald's in France. Doesn't sound real, <laughs> but I guess they're micarons. Uh, you can also get the, uh, the Mick Fiesta burger in Argentina. That doesn't sound as good. Uh, oh, this one doesn't sound great to me at all. In Sweden, there's the McBean, uh, which is like a vegetarian patty, I guess. But it's the it's cannellini beans, kidney beans, onions, carrots, and green pepper. 
Mm. It doesn't sound not, like a great. I don't know if I'm on board with that one from McDonald's. Bean patty to me. I think we're expecting the McPlant here soon, but I don't think that'll be a bean based one. I think that's going to be more like mm. um like an impossible like a or like meat a, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. I think, I think that's like Q2 2021. Yeah, Ooh, see, I think, that, I think that'll be solid. I, I, we've got, obviously, like, A&W Canada is, like, a big deal up here uh, as, as opposed to the United States where it's 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 nowhere near as good. Sucks. Um, but they have the, yeah, the plant-based, uh, like, breakfast sandwiches up here. I haven't had their plant-based burgers, but the plant-based breakfast sandwiches. John, have you had any of those yet? I mean, they are incredible. They are so the impossible. No, I get the Beyond Meat burger there, though, and it's okay. uh, it's it's good. Yeah. Does, does Tim Portons have a, because uh, Duncan introduced their, like, McPlant breakfast sandwiches is, is, is tim hortons on that train yet they are it's it's just not it's not oh, very good just because bummer. the rest of the ingredients are just yeah i i've i've tried one of their their beyond or impossible breakfast sandwiches and it's just well it's not they were yet. actually just carrying the beyond burger for a while too like they were making their own beyond burger and yeah. wouldn't you know it people don't want to get burgers at tim hortons yeah, so they discontinued it like three months later <laughs> Uh, no yeah, that's uh, that's my social media update is is happy birthday to Bone Bone uh, and, and that wonderful happy picture of Bone Bone, Bone at McDonald's. John, what's going on in your social media? You had a busy week. Well, you know, I don't really want to get in. I don't really want to get into my busy week on Twitter. <laughs> uh, it was it's a it was a lot. It's to a handle. long story. Yeah. Well, it was weird, too, because not only did all that stuff happen with uh, with Shrimp Man, but then also uh, like two years ago, I had posted this like thing about brendan schaub uh the former ufc fighter who's now like a podcaster slash stand-up comedian right um and I, this probably happens to you too Stefan. like uh for some reason like people just found that tweet it's from like two like when i first posted yeah. it like two years ago it didn't even do that great of numbers it was like 30 retweets and like 150 likes or something mm-hmm. yeah and then for some reason like fox's mma person like found it and like quote tweeted it and she has like forty thousand followers and then all of a sudden all these mma people were like in my replies and most people the weird thing to me is that like you know people are like oh you well one guy in particular was very aggressive he said that i would uh, I would suck Brendan Schaub's dick to have his career Um, and I was like uh no no i wouldn't at all I, like not that there's anything wrong with that act but i don't want his career period i wouldn't want to do anything to have its career where he got punched in the head a ton of times and then now is like just a notable dumbass who like got covid from doing a show in the middle of covid and his stand-up <laughs> is horrible and he's an idiot like i just i would not want to be brendan shot like it's just that that part of it is always funny to me where it's like I am, you know, I'm somewhat successful in the entertainment world as far as stand up in this podcast and whatever. So it's very funny to me when someone with like 20 followers is like, you're just fucking jealous, you piece of shit. It's like, no, I'm do- I'm also doing the thing and I'm like doing quite well and I'm happy with well, it's, how it's, everything's it's going. The it's the same not thing like. like- when whenever we if you you know you have the blue check mark i have the so when you have the check mark if you make fun of like uh like a conservative pundit or something there will inevitably be someone like a uh, just like an old psycho in the replies being like why do you have the blue check mark i don't even know who you are and i'm like fucking good i don't yeah. want you to know who i am it's good that you don't know who i am i would be pissed off if you knew who i was it's the same totally. sort of thing yeah, yeah exactly the, the, the why does this person dot 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 kind of phenomena like why do you have this many followers why do you have the check mark yeah yeah, totally. Yeah. So it's just that that part of it is always very strange to me because it's like, well, 
you know, I am doing whatever, whatever you think Brendan Schaub is doing. I'm at about 50% of whatever he's doing. And I'm very happy with that. You're doing 0% of what either of us are doing. So why are you involved in this conversation? It's very strange. Um, but I didn't, I didn't want to focus on that this week because, you know, who gives a shit? Uh, it's all out there and whatever, you know. Um, but, uh, the the other uh, the thing I w- really wanted to focus on was we got a great cameo yesterday, Stefan, uh, oh, yes. that, uh, yes. you know, not uh, cameo. I think we can all agree is not a force for good, but Generally in some speaking, t- in no. some cases yeah. it can be. And so we we've made it fairly well known or I have anyway, that my dream guest for this podcast is uh, professional skateboarder and all around good man, Tony Hawk. And uh, so you know, I sort of said in 2021, I I want Tony Hawk on Blocked Party. It, it'll be so good. He just seems like such a nice guy. He'd be a great fit for the show. And so our friend uh, Fat Raccoon, who actually also sponsored the uh, Jesse bonus episode that we just released <laughs> this week about Pacific Rim 2, uh, was very generous and got a cameo from Tony Hawk for us. And I think Tony Hawk agreed to appear on our show. It seems like he, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So do we anyway, have, do Dan, we have the video? Yeah, here? Dan has the clip. Yeah. Let's, we'll play it right now for those of you who haven't seen it. What's up, Stefan and John? It's Tony Hawk. Uh, Saul told me to tell you guys what's up and that uh, you guys are doing the podcast. It sounds like you're killing it. And I would like to be a guest at some point. I'm actually have already started recording my own podcast. Uh, we're a few episodes deep, but it hasn't aired yet. And maybe once I get rolling on that and I figure out a good schedule, I'll link up with you guys. And then, you know, we can do a cross-promotion. Some, isn't that how it works? That's, isn't that the podcast world? You know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, or whatever. Or I'll, I'll podcast you, you podcast mine. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm new to this. Uh, anyway, keep up the good work, you guys. And uh, thanks for including me on Blocked Party. See ya. He's so sweet. That's so nice. He's, what a nice he's got guy. He's a really good grasp of the, uh, the podcast landscape. Like, he's, he's <coughs> figures out, knows, knows how the game works. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. do also like the idea of us, like, uh, promoting Tony Hoff. Like, like, yeah, there's he's like, like oh, maybe like we a, can do like some cross promotion. Yeah. yeah. You guys, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. It's like, <laughs> absolutely. We'll bring you on our very moderately successful podcast. Was he and in Miami can, there? It looked like maybe. I don't know. He was, it looked like a nice little hotel room. Yeah. yeah. Rocking out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but thank, thank you. Uh, thank to, you to, to Fat yeah. Raccoon and thank yeah. you to Tony Hawk. And I, I, you know, I don't believe that he will end up on our show. I don't think this really means I think anything. Maybe he was he was being nice, but we do have that in our back pocket. And, you never you know. know, though, like yeah. Tony Hawk does feel like one guy who this would like he might actually have been serious. Like, yeah, I don't know that he be. was necessarily talking out of his ass, but I will be following up with his management once the, his podcast comes out and we'll just <laughs> hope for the best folks. Thank you, fat <laughs> raccoon. Thanks to everyone for looking out for us. And if we, cause I think the thing is too, I think I said, speaking of all this fast food talk, if we didn't get Tony Hawk on the podcast in 2021, I think I have to do another, like peep this out thing. Right. Didn't I think I that say was that? the yeah yeah. So you're gonna have to do another peep this out fast. And wasn't video. I feel like I said I would do something really stupid as well, like addition, like it was peep this out, but like of something like really bad. I believe I that was the case. Someone will remind us. I'm sure it was something very <sighs> stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't happen. I would like to uh, block the whole peep this out thing from my memory. And speaking of blocking things, let's move on to our block tale. What did you tweet? 
You brought receipts, Blocktail. Woo! No longer can see the post. It's a Blocktail. Woo! You probably deserved it. It's a Blocktail. Awesome. Now that was yeah. a great segue. That, that was, you can, that I was mean, you good. can't argue. I set that up. I <clears throat> boom. Uh, Lauren, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, uh, uh, I'm blocked by many people because uh, I'm I'm just I'm an asshole online. I do that a lot. Um, most of them aren't interesting. Most of them I deserved it. But uh, the one the only one I'm really proud of is that I'm blocked by Ricky Gervais. Um, oh, nice. That one feels good. Yeah, I'm cool with that one. Uh, There's no direct interaction. Um, to set the stage, uh, he's he said some like really stupid, idiotic because he's British. He said some really transphobic stuff. Yeah. Um, Turf Island, all that. Um, just it is a sample tweet, December, 2019, these, those awful biological women can never understand what it was, must be like for you becoming a lovely lady so late in life. They take their girly privileges for granted, winning at female sports and having their own toilets. Well, enough is enough. He was apparently determined to do something about that. Uh, but there is some controversy. Oh, go ahead. Well, there's no, something I'm, with with just British celebrities and yeah, and being I was a just turf. being incredulous. Just, I wasn't trying to say that I wanted to talk. I, this was just a hand gesture of like, oh my god. <laughs> oh, I, I only caught a corner of my eye. That was like a, a hand raising situation. <laughs> stop, I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> You're saying this is a bad tweet? <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh my god! But it, but no, I was like, like just throwing up my arms. Like, what the fuck? Th- there is. I mean, I'm I'm sure you'll you'll touch on this, but there is something with British celebrities, older British celebrities, especially. It seems like. Like where they are just they can't help it. it I mean, it's just the, I mean, the J.K. Rowling stuff, right? It's just, you know, so. No, exactly. This started with a J.K. Rowling thing. He was defending yeah. her. And that's right. kind of where it kicked off. That happened with a fair number. I think John Cleese, too. Really a bummer there. Yeah. But, um, Do you remember the J.K. Rowling billboard uh, that was that was going around in, in Canada? Uh, that was last, awesome. Last summer, it was right outside my old apartment. Like I could see the guy putting it up. I could see him sitting out there in his, uh, like he had like a folding chair. And it was so funny because people were just driving by and just like screaming at him. And it was just <laughs> great. I would sit out on my deck and watch this guy get yelled at all afternoon. And it was, it was wonderful. But yeah, awesome. sorry, go, go ahead. Oh, I bet it was also great to wake up in the morning and just like immediate uncut culture war, right? As soon as you, it's like you're, you're, you're. It was kind of surreal, yeah. I'm used to having to turn my phone on for that. So. Yeah, I was going to say, usually that's something that just happens exclusively on your phone. It's yeah. like, oh, someone in Cleveland put up a J.K. Rowling billboard, yeah. and you're this like, oh, directly okay. outside my old apartment. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's, it's like it's like a like a um, like a Blade Runner hologram, like right in front of your. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is live Twitter. Look, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't know how what to tell you. I've never experienced this before. It's Twitter live. <laughs> no, it needs to stay on the phone. Uh, yeah. we're, we're, thankfully, all this happened. Um, uh, <laughs> and like it, it's it's Ricky Gervais. He has to kind of like let people know how little he cares. Um, but anyway, this controversy came up again when he was uh, set to host the 2019 Golden Globes. Um, he there was a couple articles like we should deplatform this guy. Yada yada yada. Um, uh, one, one more bitchy tweet of his, I, I think is really funny. A uh, couple days later after the first one, because he would just do this for days on end. I don't know if he still does this with his Twitter cause I'm blocked, but, um, <laughs> December 21, 2019, uh, replier to him. Transphobia does real harm to kids. Please consider that Ricky Gervais reply. I do. I also make jokes about AIDS, cancer, famine, and the Holocaust. <sighs> Those things do a bit of harm too, but jokes don't have a nice day. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Uh, but he, he's also like anyway. Hey. I mean, he's not t- like this is his actual like opinion about trans people. Yeah. It seems you know like it's not it, a. It's joke. not a joke. There's no yeah. setup or punchline. The joke is just these people exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, God. I mean, I still remember the. I feel like it was maybe Rolling Stone, the cover of the magazine he did, where uh, he's got the he's he's like being crucified. He's got the crown of thorns, and then he has atheist carved into his chest. Like, get <laughs> yeah. over yourself. It's just, oh my God. <sighs> yeah. But so, like, the, the contract doesn't go anywhere. He is going to host. Oh, he did host. Um. Uh. But prior, a couple days prior to the event, I just kind of threw out a tweet. Um. Vegas odds are three to two that Ricky Gervais makes an I identify as a Golden Globes winner joke while hosting the Golden Globes. N- nothing really fancy. It's not like a, it's not an amazing joke. It did OK, like in that 30 to 50 retweet range where it's like, I'll take yeah. it all any, any day. Um, but nothing special, nothing really advanced genius work. Um, and it doesn't blow up. He doesn't see it because I don't I don't believe in tagging celebrities when I make fun of them. Um, so nothing happens. The event happens as planned December, uh, January 6th. Um, and I guess it wasn't very good. Like it, 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 there were a bunch of articles saying this is kind of tired. Like every year, the format's boring, and he's bad yeah. at it. Um, but that's what I notice. I have caught the Ricky Gervais block. <laughs> wow! So, so, you, so, you, so, he, so he, he name searches for sure. He has right? to have name searched. Yeah. Uh, and, and I like to think this is just my vanity speaking uh, that he had to name search and then uh, tear up the joke card. <laughs> oh yeah that really I, that I, I think you're right i think you could be right damn because uh, I mean, that's I, really I think good he's i think he's online enough that he that he, he probably yeah so he had that joke written and then he he name searched you know before the performance and saw that and was like well i can't do this joke now because this person will will like shove it in my face basically and like right. rightfully make fun of me for it and like own me online and, and so get a huge and get a huge viral tweet out of it he, he exactly. wanted to deny me. He wanted to yeah. deny me like that. That's got to be it. That's got. I think. Frig. I think you're right. That's so because that I'm really is the type of joke that he would do. Like, I'm also no impressed question. because you know you have to imagine, especially like around a, a big event like the Golden Globes or whatever. Probably lots and lots of people are tweeting the name Ricky Gervais. So like for him to be name searching and like picking through and like maybe he's blocking everyone or maybe he's just trying to block trans people. I like like I even imagine that like it's going like another galaxy brain level where he's like, oh, well, I can't have this sort of opposition to what I'm doing or it just seems to me like it'd be crazy like. There's probably had to be hundreds of tweets with his name in it a day. Like, so why would you even waste time name searching yourself at that point? Right. And it's like it wasn't a big tweet. It wasn't like right at the top. He had yeah. to go pretty far in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's so funny. Oh, oh my, my God. God. He's really, really thin skinned. It's it's great. I mean, he oh, is for just, sure. Guys like that yeah. always are right. They're always the most thin skinned people. It, on it Earth. is. It is very funny because like David Brent is like a a genius character is like a very funny character creation and he has just become david brent like it's it's he he honestly has just become that that person and that character and it's like really weird i mean just the, the atheist stuff uh, alone is is incredible if if you get the chance you should check out the interview he does with uh with gary shandling if you haven't seen it um oh which it's is so funny really hard to watch and i i do feel like to some degree there's a bit of a bit from gary shandling here but I think there is genuine malice as well from from Gary. Um, I, I believe the idea was so Ricky like 
surprised him at at Gary's home. He was doing some sort of uh, thing where he was interviewing famous comedians, and and he loved Gary Shandling. And uh, Shandling is just not giving him the time of day in this interview, and it is <laughs> genuinely very difficult to watch, but also incredibly funny. So if you get the chance, you should check it out. I'm, I'm yeah. going to check that out. Yeah, Shandling's like the best who ever did it. So. Oh, oh yeah, so it's, funny. Yeah. It's so good. I just yeah. yeah, the thing that always gets me with the Ricky Gervais, like any any like the Rolling Stone cover, anything like that, like you know, I've been sort of in entertainment. I kind of know how the like the amount of like approval that has to go into that and time yeah. and like it's like 30 people spent many many hours deciding on this concept and then on the day someone had to like paint atheist on Ricky Gervais's <laughs> chest. Someone had to design the crown of thorns that he, Oh, what are you doing in the props warehouse today? Oh, I'm making a crown of thorns for Ricky Gervais's rolling stone cover. He's going to pretend that he's been crucified just like it, Jesus. Well, you it know? was, it was also a, a take on, I think it was an Esquire cover with Muhammad Ali. Where right. he's got all these, right. these these arrows sticking out of him, and so it was sort of a take on that. But again, Muhammad Ali is someone who you know actually like sacrificed stuff for his beliefs, and <laughs> yeah. you know believed in stuff worth believing in. So like, oh man, yeah, yeah. I mean, all that shit is just so himself. funny to me that they're just all sitting and everyone's just like, yeah, this is a great idea, and they're all <laughs> just like, we love this. What a concept! This is we're gonna kill it. Uh, it's so oh. funny. Um, Stefan, I, I told you this before the recording. Our listener yes. block this week. I actually think is going to piss you off and it, uh, I'm it ready doesn't, for it. it, it doesn't take, it takes a lot to piss you off. So I, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how you react to this, but this is, okay. uh, this one is coming in from Cameron okay. uh, and the subject is, uh, at Goku. Oh no, <laughs> no. So get oh, ready. No. The gimmick account at Goku mostly posts boring, fake motivational tweets in the voice of Goku from Dragon Ball Z. But whenever a celebrity dies, they will make a post in character about them going to Dragon Ball Z heaven. I think it's at best tasteless for someone pretending to be Goku to tweet about a celebrity before their body is even cold yet. For a few months, I have been replying with increasing vitriol. I replied, thank you for confirming another celebrity death, Goku. I am glad you confirmed this celebrity is fully dead after they tweeted about Jessica Walter. I finally caught the block after Goku tweeted about Beverly Cleary passing. Yeah. I replied with, thanks, Goku. I was wondering what you would have to say about the death of notable American children's author Beverly Cleary. <laughs> she died, and I thought, hmm, I wonder what Goku has to say about this. Goku should weigh in. You can follow the saga for yourself. My Twitter is at BlockPastMaple. Love the podcast and keep up the good work. Cheers from Portland. Um, so listen, now, Stefan, you Go have been on record as saying that you like that the yeah, Goku account. I does like this. that bit that Goku does. Uh, I will. I will say that bit's not for everyone, so I, I understand. Um, but it, it's it's very funny that uh, they were you know sarcastically saying like I need to go to the Goku account and see what he said about Beverly Cleary. But like I did that. I was like, I wonder if Goku <laughs> tweeted about Beverly Cleary yet, and he did, and it was great. I love it. I just, I just imagine Beverly Cleary in the Dragon Ball universe, and that's uh, absolutely. That's, that's very funny to me. So, but I, I do understand. You know, it's, it's not for everyone. It is very, very nerdy. 
also i will admit i just think too, it's so. funny that you know cameron uh said that they're that they love the podcast but i must imagine they're a new fan because i feel like you've brought up multiple I times stuff up and how much you like this but yeah it must have been a, a while ago potentially but you know what, i think cameron, it's been a while it's okay it's okay it's it's the the goku account is not for everyone so i understand i i was worried when john told me that i'd be pissed off about this that it was like an instagram cat you had been harassing uh bone bone or something so we're yeah no we're we're in the clear here we're, we're all good yeah. don't worry and, and goku can take it you know like absolutely I, he's the most powerful I, being in the universe so and, and i think this person probably a very nice person i don't know anything about them but like i if you don't really understand goku you could see i could see where that uh, would be kind of off-putting but that's yes. like a very good core part of goku's character is that he uh is very sincere and appreciative of um of these kinds of things absolutely like yeah, that's uh, that's that's Goku to a T. Goku is very kind. Uh, so, yeah, I, I you know, but again, not for everyone. So I, I get it. <laughs> that's a good. All block, right. though. Well, thank you for sending it in, Cameron. Uh, if you want to send in a block to the show, you can do so at blocked at blocked or you can fill out the form on our website. Uh, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to patreoncom slash blocked party where five dollars a month gets you access to four bonus episodes every single month. Uh, we have the this time we didn't do a, a zoom live show, but we did a Twitch stream yesterday. The VOD of that is live for free at twitch.tv slash block party pod. Uh, so you don't even have to donate to get that. But if you do date donate to the show, we did that after mentioned pacific rim bonus episode where we got jesse ferrar to talk about pacific rim for over 20 minutes when he didn't even know that the theme of the episode was that (laughs) to get him to talk about pacific rim uh so that was super fun uh we also uh what else did we oh yeah we had a mailbag with becca this month and we've got a great uh i think we're doing maybe a mutual block or one of stefan's blocks coming out this week uh with our friend greg that'll be super fun so you can pay attention for that and uh yeah you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at blocked party pod and we are in the final stretch of our Blocked Party Stimulus Contest. We are giving away $2,000, a $1,000 grand prize, and two $500 prizes for second and third. And uh, you just have to donate to Wave Awe. It's a, a, a rape crisis center here in Vancouver. Uh, all the details are on our Twitter, but uh, you make a donation to them. You send a screenshot to us at info at blockparty.com, and you get entered in the raffle. The last day to be entered in the raffle is March 31st. The contest closes at 11.15. Pacific time on March 31st. So if you're listening to this, you have like two days left to get your, uh, to get your, um, your entry in so we've already raised just about seven thousand dollars we're hoping to uh get that even higher so wave Oz's entire goal with this sort of uh stretch of of charitable stuff they're doing this month their entire goal was to raise ten thousand dollars uh for from everybody who's was streaming and doing stuff to help them raise money so if we can get ten thousand dollars on our own uh that seems like pretty good so uh so yeah all that info is on our twitter you can follow it there. Lauren, we always like to finish the show with a top three suggested by our guest. Uh, what do you have for us, please? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, um, I, uh, I I love traveling. I've gone to travel since the pandemic started. And the thing I'm looking most forward to when I can travel again is uh, crappy museums. I love crappy little Ooh. small local museums. Um, uh, so I, I want to know what your guys' uh, three favorite crappy museums are. And uh, maybe one memory, maybe one fact about them that um, uh, makes you think it sucks. Okay. Ooh, are these ones right. that we ha- we have been to or just ones we wish existed or maybe think exist or what where what do you think i've been to all of mine but uh there's no <laughs> okay. real limit on this there's uh okay. there's thousands of very small museums all over the country all over For the world sure. that are that are terrible okay okay uh, I, what, I definitely what's have a couple your, your number three Lauren. your number three 
My number three is the Wax Museum in New Orleans. It's no longer open. It closed in 2016. Uh, but I, I remember it because I went on a school trip there, and it was it was super old and crappy and outdated and terrible. Uh, and I just remember this uh, uh, recreation of the Battle of 1812 uh, with uh, um, uh, a corpse on the ground or a, a dying man on the ground. Uh, with the, And the cool animatronic thing was the chest was, like, going up and down. He was breathing. Uh, and it was, like, the what was funny about it was it was, like, uh, the, it was so old and rusted and falling apart that it was like you could hear the the pump like from the other room and you would go through the museum wondering where, what that noise was and then you get there and it's just like well it's just this crappy uh, crummy little uh, wax figure. <laughs> okay. I gotta think because I, I, I feel like I haven't been to that many like bad museums. Um, so I might sort of extend it to like weird, like roadside attractions also. Oh, that counts. Uh, and, Absolutely. And, and one that I, and so this is sort of tech, I'll, I'll count this as a museum, but, and this is kind of like charming, but it's also like very, just like, this is the big draw of this town. And that's very funny to me, uh, is, uh, Coombs, British Columbia, uh, on, on Vancouver Island. Their big attraction is that they have a building that has goats that live on the roof and you just go to the, the market there. I love it. I've seen it too. And there are just, there's goats on the roof and they're like grazing on the roof because there's like grass on the roof. And it's, I, I wouldn't say it's bad. Uh, it's very cute and charming, but it is very funny. That that's kind of like the big draw is that there's goats where they're not supposed to be, you know? Um, so I would like to go see those goats again, honestly. There's the same yeah. thing in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. They have, they also have a place that's just known for having goats on the roof. I think it's a restaurant wow. too. Okay, so that's like a that's like a thing for for small towns, I guess. The goats Maybe on the so. roof. I mean, the goats it works. On the roof. I want I want to go back to see them. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they're goats. They're yeah. on the roof. What's there what not more to, can like? you ask for? Yeah, I always John? like a roadside attraction that is exactly what you think it is. You know, yes. Because I feel like a lot of the roadside attractions that are like world's biggest thing, it's just like whatever like it looks exactly like what you think it will look like it's just like some sort of it's like world's biggest apple or whatever and then it's just like a giant wooden apple or and you're like oh whatever so yeah. like i like when a roadside attraction's like hey goats on the roof and then there's goats on the like you're getting I mean, exactly what, what you exactly. want exactly that's what they're advertising uh okay my number three uh it's funny that you said wax museum lauren because that is also my number three um I remember going to the wax museum in Niagara Falls uh, back when I lived in Ontario. There's a wax museum there. And I just found out it is not Madame Tussauds, but it is Louis Tussauds uh, (laughs) wax museum. And I looked him up on Wikipedia and he is the great grandson of Marie Tussauds, who is the Madame Tussauds of of fame. So I love the idea that like the wax sculpting ran in madame tussauds family uh and he's like old old like i didn't know madame tussaud was that old like he was born in 1869 and died in 1938 and he was her grandson so madame tussaud is old old uh but yeah i just remember going and just i couldn't i was like eight and i think even being that age i did not understand why this was like something that people cared about like it just didn't make any sense to me i was like okay so this is just like a wax it's like just so it's not real it's just like sort of looks like john travolta okay cool right like Like, i think the appeal is like the craft of like the how close they get but also the appeal is like that weird like the the difference too of of, um what's the word for the uh the the slight unrealness of it like the uncanny valley exactly Yeah. yeah Yeah. 
Well, no, definitely. it did. It didn't do much for me. So that's my number three. Louis Tussauds Wax Museum in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Uh, Lauren, you're number uh, two. Off brand, Madame Tussauds. It's hard to beat. But uh, I, I, I really like to hate the New Orleans Confederate Museum as well. Uh, it, it's terrible. It's musty. It, it receives no uh, state or federal funding, so it's purely uh, still operating because racists give it money. Um, but what I like about it is not the museum itself, but the fact that it's directly next door to the World War II Museum, uh, which is huge and beautiful and like elegantly laid out and gets yeah. tons of money and, and draws in tourists from all over the world. Uh, and also uh, is a, a war we won rather than a war perpetuated by the racist losers. <laughs> Does anyone like even that go to a the museum row? Like, is there's it... a museum row in Louisiana and you just decide. There, there kind of is. Uh, people do still go. I actually looked up the trip advisor. Um, and uh, I, I like most plantations right now are kind of going through this process of like reevaluating uh, what they are and what they were. The Confederate Museum seems to still be tr- kind of churning along on the based on a, a February review, February 2021 of someone saying like, uh, yeah, I learned a lot. I learned the war wasn't just about slavery. And like, no, oh my no, God. man. <laughs> you, can't be, you can't be telling people that in, like, in 2021. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. So they seem insane. to still be kind of going with it. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's a rough museum. Uh, Oof, yeah. My number two. Uh, so I haven't been here. Um, I, I want to go. I don't think this is necessarily maybe a bad museum, but a, a weird and interesting one. Uh, and uh, I have a, a friend from Iceland who who says, uh, you know, when I when I go to Iceland, I have to go to the, this museum. And this is the uh, Reykjavik uh, Phallological Museum. And it's uh, it's the penis museum in, in Iceland. And so they have a lot of like sculptures and stuff. Um, but they have a lot of like like jarred uh, like animal penises and that sort of thing as well. And you can just go and, and just look at all of these, uh, you know, they have like reindeer penises and like whale penises. And then, yeah, all this art and 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 sculptures and, and statues. And uh, it does. I mean, it's a weird museum, I think. But I, I think I would genuinely enjoy going there. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily like a bad museum. Um, but I feel like I haven't been to that many bad museums. So I'm going to go with the, the penis museum, uh, for my number two. Hmm. John. That sounds cool. It does that sounds sound cool. like a rich guy. A rich I guy. Think it, I think it's just like one rich guy who's. Museum. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Just, too, just like had a couple and just kind of, it, it grew out of control. Like, like <laughs> yeah. babies. Yeah. Where can I put this whole collection of dicks I have? Um, okay. I think I told this story on the show before, so I apologize. Uh, but I went to uh, when I was in grade 12, I was in a geography uh, class. Yeah. And we went to Mount St. Helens. Uh, have I told the story before, Stefan? I feel like maybe you have, but this is a very, very good story. So, OK, yeah. So we go. So we went down to Mount St. Helens. Uh, you know, we're studying, obviously, natural disasters, whatever. So where I grew up is right on the U.S.-Canada border. And so we're about, I would say, probably a three to four hour drive from Mount St. Helens, probably. So we had to like it was on a school day, but I remember we had to it was one of those field trips where like we had to get to the school at like 6 a.m. And we didn't get back until like eight at night or whatever. So 
We drive down, go across the border, drive down to Mount St. Helens, and it is a really shitty day. Like, it is just rain, like, just pissing rain. It's cloudy. Yeah, it's it's a very Pacific Northwest type day, you know. And so we go to this Mount St. Helens Museum, which is interesting. And then the big sort of draw is they show this, like, 30-minute documentary about the eruption of Mount St. Helens. And so the big, like feature of this is that you don't realize when you go in the museum but it's the museum itself is kind of on top of a hill that directly overlooks mount saint helens and so the the whole thing was so the documentary ended and then the last like still shot of the documentary for like 10 seconds was mount saint helens pre-eruption and then they raised the movie screen and you real and it's all windows. And so the whole oh, point oh. of the ending is like, this is what it used to look like. And here's what it looks like now. Oh, but it no. was so foggy and rainy <laughs> that they pull this big elaborate, the movie screen rolls up and they're like, and here's Mount St. Helens now or whatever. And you just can't see anything. It's just like a wall of fog. You, and like, so we take this like 12 our round trip we don't even see mount st helens and just the idea that like you know what rain or shine we just we do this video we do that like just have an alternate ending like know that we can't see the mountain and have oh we got to play it's too foggy we just got to play the regular documentary today we don't need to do the big set piece uh but yeah that felt yeah exactly have something (laughs) you know uh but yeah so we uh we got robbed and it was just, yeah, it was just very funny. Just an audible because it's all kids and it was like five schools that are. So it's like an audible like, oh, fuck off, man. <laughs> you know, come on. Right. All so the build up and no payoff. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No eruption, as it were. So <laughs> uh, Lauren, right. what's your number Lauren, one? Number one. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's uh, the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh. Uh, it, it's actually a beautiful museum. It's very well curated. Uh, very well done. But uh, because it's Andy Warhol, it kind of pisses off art hoes. Um, uh, and the thing that I think is really funny about it and cool uh, is uh, there's there's a whole room, Andy Warhol, it, there's a whole room that's just, it's totally empty except for giant silver balloons that are filled with helium. And okay. the experience is you're just kind of like playing with the, 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 the giant balloons for as long as you want. You could spend the whole day there if you wanted, just in the helium balloon room. And... Um, that's the kind of art I'm into. <laughs> that sounds like fun. But I, I mean, I can see, yeah. you know, that it's you either love it or you hate it. It seems like so. Yeah, people people who hate Andy Warhol would would despise it. Right. Okay. All right. So my number one, I think, is kind of similar in terms of love or, or hate. Like I loved this. I thought it was very cool, very interesting. I think there are a lot of people. I don't think John would like this. For for instance, this was the Museum of Death in in Hollywood. Yeah, I think there's one me. in New Orleans as well. Uh, and they it's it's just, you know, footage of, of people dying. It's uh, it's, you know, like uh, stuff that people have used to, to kill people with. It's very violent. Uh, it's very disturbing. Um, you know, they've got like uh, a room you can go into that looks like the the room where like a bunch of the Heaven's Gate cult killed themselves and you see the the fake body under a bed sheet and uh, it's there's some pretty disturbing stuff there. Great gift shop, I will say. Wonderful gift shop. Um, but yeah, again, one of those museums that you're either going to love or you're going to hate. And I, I feel like 
that's a hate for John. I, I if I had to guess. Oh yeah, I would. You yeah, you'd never catch me dead in there. <laughs> hey, there you um, go. <laughs> but yeah, no, it wouldn't be me. Wouldn't be me. Uh, okay, my number one is just. I don't know why, but just this collection of words makes me laugh very hard. It's not so much a museum, but it's literally just the world's largest hockey stick and puck. This is in Duncan, right? It is in Duncan, BC. Yeah. yeah. And it just, I love that combination of words for some reason. Like, it can't be the world's largest hockey stick. It can't be the world's largest hockey puck. It's both. the world's largest yeah. hockey stick and puck. Uh, and yeah, it's like it's attached to an arena in Duncan. And I, I was there for curling, actually, and just saw it. It wasn't like I made a special trip to see it. Uh, but yeah, it's just a very I don't understand it. I, I don't understand the sort of because uh, I just it, what I don't understand is how there's always so many people that seem to want to see the thing. You know, like, especially when you go to those roadside attractions and like, I have seen the world's largest apple. Uh, I believe there's like a couple other ones and it's just like, I get it. I guess you just need somewhere to like pee and, and like stand up out of your car on a road trip maybe or whatever. But I just don't, people are always wanting to take pictures at this stuff. And I find it very, um, very strange. So, but, (laughs) but I guess people like to just collect like, one of the anecdotes that gets told on Jeopardy the most is like, yeah, me and my husband are trying to go to as many of the U.S. national parks as possible. Like once a month, that is an anecdote on Jeopardy. It's like, who can't like, I guess it's nice, <laughs> but like, why is that something you're bragging about? Or if you want to travel specifically to national parks, that's fine. But you don't need to be like, we've been to 57 national parks. Like, who? No one could give a fuck. <laughs> Either go to all of them or shut up. Unless you've been to every single national park, I don't want to hear about it. I don't give a shit. So anyway, it's the same thing with this. I don't care that you're the world's largest hockey stick or apple or whatever, but I did see it and it was pretty big. It's sort of underwhelming, though, if I'm being honest. It is. It is. You'd think it could be bigger. I agree completely. I'm bothered that like it's not an independent, like you can't move the puck around. You can't hit the with a hockey stick. It's it's really more like the world's largest uh, puck and hockey stick uh, simulacra rather than like. Yeah, because it's just like stuck yeah. on the on the top of the arena, yeah. like the wall. Yeah. And it's not, you know, yeah, it's nothing special. It's not very yeah. cool at all. Uh, but this episode was something special. Lauren, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Hey, my pleasure. Yeah, um, uh, my, my podcast, Betting Around. Um, uh, we, it's a baseball theme podcast. Uh, I think we strike a good balance between uh, like serious baseball analysis, uh, having good time jokes, and uh, just talking about like the colors of uniforms. That's kind of the the three things we bring to the table uh batting around uh no g in the twitter handle we couldn't get the full betting around (laughs) (laughs) all right and people can follow you on twitter at act normal or else and uh yeah check out uh her podcast and your sub stack too the paper plate that's all uh that's all there wonderful thank you lauren thanks everyone for tuning in again you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash block party you can follow us on twitter and instagram at block party pod and we'll see you back here next week goodbye goodbye